Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. For the 25th time, I am not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco, the podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. One monster segment for you today. Well, I mean, it's 22 minutes, 21 minutes. So yesterday, Tuesday, Monday was the uh, deadline for teams to determine whether or not they were going to get their 2017 first round picks locked into a fifth their fifth year option and it's kind of like a a transition tag or almost like a mini franchise tag for their just for first round picks which is why it's so valuable for teams to trade up into the back of the first round if they want a quarterback or somebody like that because you get that extra year of control that you don't get in the second round anyways i thought it would be at least a fun idea for me to project who from the 2018 class will have their fifth-year options picked up this time next year. So I don't have the benefit of the 2020 season. Should Hopefully we all get the benefit of the 2020 season. But I uh, wanted to kind of uh, I guess throw some shit against the wall and at least dive in and see just kind of how, this, how the 2018 draft compared to 2017. And I'll tell you, it looks a hell of a lot better than the 2017 draft. I think a lot of teams are going to pick their uh, pick their fifth year option up. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see it be a record for how many are picked up. But uh, I'll get into I, I broke it down into locks, so players that I'm I'm, I'm sure are going to make the the uh, first round uh, the the get the fifth year option probably's maybe's and definitely knows. So, or at least guys that I would say if they had to pick today, that it's not going to happen. So, um, let's get into it. Thanks for listening. Go make sure you're sub to the podcast on whatever platform you're on. And if you guys can, after this is over, go listen to another episode and then write me a review. Be awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. So, it's that time of year. Well, actually, yesterday was that time of year. Uh, where teams have to make a final decision on their first round picks from uh, three years ago. So the 2017 draft, four draft classes three years ago. So the 2017 draft, teams had to make a decision on whether or not they were going to keep their first round picks for for a fifth year. So this next year will be their fourth year in the league. And then 2021 is their fifth year. And so you have to decide now whether or not you're going to keep a guy for his fifth year. The Niners did this with Eric Armstead a few years back. Uh, I think he he was the 2015 draft class and kind of lucked out. He had been an underperformer throughout his entire career, banged up, and picked up his fifth-year option. And last year was his fifth-year option. Huge year, 10 sacks. Um, and then ended up getting a 
fat contract out of it. So guys that have been underperforming to this point in their career, it's not set in stone that that they're gonna con- they're they're gonna continue to fail, um, but the teams still need to they they need to put a lot of faith in some of these guys. I mean, the Niners committed basically ten million to a guy that hadn't been performing just to give him an extra shot because he played a premium position, and so that's the type of decision making the teams are doing these days. So in twenty seven and sorry in the twenty sixteen draft class, eight of ten. Players got their fifth-year option picked up. And what the fifth-year option is, is the for the top 10 picks, it's basically the transition tag. So it's not the franchise tag, it's the transition tag. So what that means is the average of the top 10 posi- uh, salaries at that position. If you pick 11 to 32, that means that you get the, if, you, if your team picks up the fifth-year option, you get the average of the third highest salary through 25. So the average of three through 25 in, in highest salaries. So it's just a fairly steep drop off from if you were a top 10 pick versus say the, if you're the 10th pick versus the 11th pick and you played the same position, it's a pretty steep drop off. It's going to be like three, $4 million. So as you would expect, when you factor out, you know, you're factoring in all the extra salaries that of, of lower echelon players and pulling out the top two salaries. Anywho, so the guys that didn't make the cut, four of the top five picks this year, oh, sorry, four of the f- top five picks in 2017 did not have their uh, fifth-year extension, their fifth-year option picked up. So that means that they're going to play this season, and they're free agents. So that's Mitch Trubisky, big fucking surprise, Solomon Thomas, who has been uh, – Certainly underperforming and bust-ish. Leonard Fournette, who plays the opposite of a premium position and is kind of seems to be unhappy in Jacksonville on top of it. And Corey Davis, who's not great. And then uh, John Ross is the other guy in the top 10. So half of the top 10 didn't get their options picked up. And so I wanted to look at the 2018 draft class because a year from now, these guys will have. This is the these are the players that the teams will be deciding on this year, next next year at this time. So I'm getting a very very early jump. This is the equivalent of doing a mock draft the day after the first round comes out. I'm going to do a. I'm going to project a little and talk about who I think is a lock who is probably going to get the fifth-year option, who might get the fifth-year option, and then who's definitely not getting their fifth-year option picked up. So the uh, guys I'm talking about will play this year, and if they don't get their option picked up, they will play next year. They'll play 2021, they'll play 2022, and then they're free agents. So we're going to start with the locks that are absolutely going to get picked up. And we'll just start at the top of the draft. So I think, uh, you know, I'm going to make a change here. I'm going to move somebody. Yep. All right, so Baker Mayfield plays. And again, this comes down to 
premium positions. All right, so um, uh, let's look at the quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield's going to get it picked up. Darnold's going to get it picked up. Josh Allen's going to get it picked up. And I, I'm pretty sure Lamar Jackson's going to get his fifth-year option picked up. So those four quarterbacks in the first round, all still the teams still have reasonably high hopes for them. And or, or, you know, Lamar Jackson just won an MVP. So obviously they're going to pick him up. Uh, Denzel Ward, one of the premier cover guys in the league. Quentin Nelson, one of the premier offensive linemen in the league. Mike McGlinchey, who's the Niners' right tackle. Uh, Denzel Ward's a cornerback for the Browns. Uh, Quentin Nelson, a uh, lineman for the Colts. And then Mike McGlinchey is the right tackle for the Niners. They might be looking at, if, if not for the, the Trent Williams trade, the Niners might have been looking at him to switch over to the left side. But now, you know, if, if they can re-sign Trent Williams after this year, then McGlinchey will stay at right tackle, and they'll have two bookend tackles. The, but they'll absolutely pick up McGlinchey, McGlinchey's uh, fifth-year option. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, the Steelers did not trade for him, trade a first-round pick for him to not pick up his fifth-year option. Also, he's one of the best safeties in the league. Vita Vea. Now, I had to I had to look at this one because if you just look at the, at the sack totals, he's only gotten five sacks in the last couple of years. But I went out, and, and for you guys, I went and bought a PFF subscription, paid my $40 so that I had – because, listen, I don't – I don't watch, you know, tape on like fucking interior defensive linemen in my spare time. I don't, I don't have, I'm not making that kind of money from, uh, from the podcast. I first sponsor yesterday, I think it pulled in a whopping dollar. So, um, the, uh, uh, so Vita Vea, uh, is a, is looks to be from the PFF grade, uh, one of the premier, you know, soon to be premier defensive tackles in the league. So I expect the Bucks to pick his extension up. Marcus Davenport, even though he's been a little banged up, uh, the Saints, I expect them to pick his option up. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, I expect the, uh, the Bills to pick his extension up. Derwin James, coming off an injury, but had a phenomenal rookie year to the point where he was uh, – I forget. Did he win the rookie defensive rookie of the year? Or should he have won the defensive rookie of the year? Jair Alexander, the Packers cornerback, he's going to get his picked up. A, a and again, premier position, young guy, and he's a performer. He's obviously getting that picked up. Um, I've got Frank Ragnow, um, who is an offensive lineman. I've got him getting his picked up. The um, Isaiah Wynn for the Patriots. Um, I've got him getting his picked up. He's a tackle. DJ Moore, who's been really productive for the Panthers. Like, I hadn't quite um, – uh, maybe it's just because I, ne- I didn't have him in fantasy, but uh, he's been very productive for the Panthers. So hopefully Teddy Bridgewater even even makes his life easier. Uh, but, yeah, so wide receiver for the Panthers, DJ Moore, he's getting his picked up. Wide receiver for the Falcons, staying in the NFC South, Calvin Ridley, he's getting his picked up. Um, Terrell Edmonds, actually, you know what, I'm going to slide him out of there. And then last pick in the draft, Lamar Jackson, I've, or last pick in the first round, I've already talked about Lamar Jackson. 
So now we're moving to the problem. So that was all the people that I think are absolute locks. And I've got, let's see here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 locks. Now we're getting into the probablys. Um, I got uh, uh, Deron Payne, defensive tackle for the Redskins. PFF grades him well. We'll see. You know, it's it, my problem with the defensive tackle position is that it's a nine or ten million dollar price tag for a position that doesn't. You know, it, it so it's got to come off the. It usually comes off the field in nickel downs. Usually doesn't get a ton of sacks. It's a lot of money to tie up. It's like I feel like you can get that same production from guys making half that half that money. Um, Colton Miller, a tackle for the Raiders. I've got him under probably, and mostly probably just because it's a premier position. It's a you know it's a hard position to replace. Hayden Hurst just got traded to the Falcons, and. I've got him in the probably section, even though the Ravens didn't have time for him because they they just have a stable of tight ends, right? Um, and they were able to get a pick for him, which good for them. Uh, but I've got Hayden Hurst here as a probably, mainly because the Falcons both don't, not that I can think of anyway, they lost Austin Hooper, and I, I don't think they replaced him with anybody other than Hayden Hurst. So a uh, position of need for the Falcons, and it's only $6 million. At his draft position, at his spot, it's only going to be about six or seven million dollars. <coughs> um, Terrell Edmonds is this is the safety for the Steelers. This is the guy I was uh, waffling on. If the Steelers didn't also have Minka Fitzpatrick, I would say that they would probably pick up Terrell Edmonds. But that's a lot of money to put into a lot of guaranteed money. In that year, because this isn't this isn't money you can spread out over the life of the contract. It's not a signing bonus or whatever. This is a this is money you owe these guys, and all of it counts against the cap. And so, you know, that's twenty million dollars they're going to commit to the safety position in uh, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty two. So that's a decent chunk of change, and. Um, uh, and so I don't, that's the only reason I put uh, Terrell Edmonds here is a probably because they might not want to lose the talent, but at the same, at the same time, they might not want to force themselves into, into that big of a commitment. Now, the other thing they could do is they could extend, uh, Minka and lower his cap number in that same year, extend Terrell Edmonds, and then, you know, go from there. I put Bradley Chubb in as probably. He is coming off the ACL injury, but he plays such a premier position and he's so good that I really, it's, it's closer to a lock than anything, but just because he's coming off the injury is the only reason I've got him here under probably. And then I put Saquon at probably, and I put him there because he, again, this is the same, Fournette did not have his picked up and Fournette's been productive. But do you really want to pay, you know, are the Giants, and, and again, this is the problem with drafting running backs this high, is that you know they're going to be good or at least have flashes of potential. Saquon's amazing. 
but do you really want to commit to you know like 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 the Panthers just did? I mean, you're looking at two two in Fournette and McCaffrey. You're looking at two guys both drafted in the top ten, and the teams are taking completely different approaches. One team extended him like two years before they had to. That's the other part of the McCaffrey contract. Great player. But they extended him two years before they had to. That extension doesn't even kick in until after he plays this season and the next season. Um, and so which path will the Giants take? I'm I'm putting him in probably. I think it's likely they pick up the pick up the option because he's such a popular player and because he's so good. But if they get their head screwed on straight and realize that, okay, maybe we shouldn't make the same mistake twice. Then I could see them not picking up his fifth year option. Also an injury would hurt that, Um, you know, an an injury would hurt that another kind of like down year may hurt that. So I'm putting him in the problem. I think it's, I think it's likely, but you know, the four net maneuver shows me that some teams will at least start thinking properly in terms of, okay, I'm not going to throw good money after bad. The two maybes I've got are, so now moving on to the maybes. The two maybes I have both basically play the same position. Um, both linebackers, Leighton Van Der Eschen and uh, Roquan Smith. Now Roquan Smith I have as, as like a maybe, which is really kind of a, you know, 50-50 flip of the coin, probably even more like a probably not because he was drafted in the top 10, which means his number is going to be 13 million. And he had a down year in his second season, according to PFF. And so, you know, if he has another down year, that's that all that becomes a very big price tag for a guy that, you know, now is, is not elite. And, it's not necessarily, you know, middle linebacker isn't the glamour position it used to be. You know, much more emphasis being put on edge rushers. So, you know, and that's because, you know, an edge rusher is on the field for three downs, whereas a middle linebacker, depending on how they are in coverage, isn't. And so, you know, some of these these run-stopping middle linebackers you know they they're only they only play two downs. Are you going to put thirteen million or ten million into a guy who only plays two downs? So that's why I've got the middle linebackers here in the maybe column. Now, um, there's only there's let's see here six guys on my no list. I've heard of two of them, so I'll leave the two that I've heard for last. But they both play the same position. I bet you can guess which position it is. So, uh, Billy Price, I've got as a no. Rashawn Evans is a linebacker for the Titans. Another kind of run-stuffing linebacker. I've got him as a no. And I put him as a no because the Titans are, you know, they're they're already spending a decent chunk of coin on linebackers. And, you know, he's just not, I, I just don't see them spending the extra money. Uh, Taven Boyd, Taven Bryan, he's only started, I think this is a defensive lineman for the Jaguars, he's only started like three games in two years. I don't see them, unless, again, a lot of shit could change. I'm doing this a year in advance, but, eh, you know, 
if you can't get on the field when you're a first round draft pick after three after two seasons, you know, I think I think they're telling you something. And then Mike Hughes, who I don't think will get picked up either. Now that brings us to two running backs. Rashad Penny. And oh and, and Mike Hughes, let's just Mike Hughes couldn't get on the field last year when Xavier Rhodes was getting burnt three or four times a game. So that that should tell you enough about Mike Hughes that even with the Viking secondary, even with Xavier Rhodes out there manning a spot week in and week out, Mike Hughes, first-round draft pick, who's coming off an ACL injury, couldn't break into the starting lineup. So this will be a big year for him but I'm putting him in the not getting his option picked up. But let's get back to the running backs. So Rashad Penny and Sony Michelle. Both first-round picks. Both play for teams that haven't, you know, I mean, the Seahawks have, you know, Chris Carson, who I think was like a seventh-round draft pick, and he's starting week in and week out over Rashad Penny. I don't see the Seahawks... So again, throwing good money after bad. And the and the Patriots, I certainly don't see. I mean, Sonny Michelle has talk to a Patriots fan, but Sonny Michelle has some of the most replaceable skills of all running backs. He's a straight line downhill runner. He's not gonna try and make you miss. And those kinds of running backs you can get off the street anytime you want. So those are my six no's. Uh, Billy Price, Rashawn Evans, Taven Bryan, Mike Hughes, and then the two running backs, Rashad Penny and Sonny Michelle. So that would leave, if I got, if if all of the locks made it and none of the, nobody else made it. So that means like Deron Payne, Colton Miller, Hayden Hurst, well, Bradley Chubb, Saquon. They would still have more guys that got their fifth-year option picked up than this year, than the 2017 draft. And obviously some of these probably, like again, uh, the the tackle for the Raiders, I think he'll get his picked up because of the premier position. Hayden Hurst because it's so cheap. Um, Bradley Chubb, premier position, great player. And Saquon, I expect them to pick up. I don't expect them to, to, to necessarily let him hit the free agent market. Um. But this could be, you know, uh, uh, basically a record for at least the last three years. It would certainly outpace 16 and 17 because 14 guys got their got their uh, fifth year options declined. And I think this, I think the 2018 draft will beat both of those years in terms of how many get picked up. Um, and and. I think there's just a, there's a lot of great players, but there's a lot of premier positions as well. And with those premier positions, you know, it's cheaper. These these uh, fifth year options are cheaper than probably going out and signing a, a replacement and you uh, or a free agent. You certainly know what you're at least you know what you're getting with the rookie. And sometimes you can strike gold like the Niners did with Armstead. And then you just got to worry about like I am if Eric Armstead is a guy that is a one year wonder or is going to be able to consistently put up numbers. So that's the risk with all these young guys. 
Appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.